has that come up on your side yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, so today I'm joined by Professor Jonathan Glazard, Head of Primary and Childhood De Department in the Faculty of Education at HL University. Jonathan is deeply committed to research which advances social justice and has published widely on aspects of inclusion and social justice for marginalised groups. So I'm delighted uh, Jonathan has agreed to talk about the LGBT plus issues and challenges in education. So hi Jonathan, lovely to have you with us today. Thank you for putting us into your busy schedule. Um, so tell us a bit about your background and your interest in social justice and marginalised groups. Hi Matthew. Um, OK, so where do I start? So, um, OK, so I've been working in education now for 28 years. Um, I was a primary school teacher. I was a primary school teacher for 10 years. Um, and then I made the move into into teacher education, working within universities. Um, so I moved, I made the move in 2005. I have since that time worked in four different universities, mainly on teacher education provision, either leading teacher education programs or, or leading leading departments. Um, so yeah, so and and what I've always tried to do within my role is to really champion the idea of teachers um, and and any educator really as 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 agents of social justice. So what I really want is for all of our trainee teachers to be able to be empowered to go into school and to take forward um, projects around around inclusion and social justice. So I want them to be able to feel confident in delivering that work in schools. I want them to feel confident in in planning and designing curricula um, to address matters of inclusion and social justice. Um, and I want them to see themselves as as real agents of change, um, because essentially what they're doing is then they're shaping um, they're shaping the next generation of of children, young people. They're shaping and transforming attitudes and values, um, and hopefully then education can play a really important role in creating a more inclusive society. Excellent. That sounds uh, really uh, interesting and such, sounds like you've got a big passion um, behind you there. Um, mm. So what, what brought you to that? Um, wanted to, to, to champion that yourself? Well, I've always been really interested in inclusion, so um, I'm a gay man. Um, I I was I when when I was in secondary school, I was subjected to homophobic abuse um, in the 1980s. Um, under the under section 28. Um, the school didn't deal with it. Um, I, I think really that leaves its scars. Um, so I was subjected to verbal and, and physical bullying. And then when I made the decision that I wanted to become a teacher, um, still under section 28, I thought, well, actually, I don't want any um, child or young person that I'm educating to actually go through those same experiences. So um, I actually I actually want to really go into schools and, and, and really promote inclusion um, and shape attitudes and values around inclusion and social justice. Excellent. Um, so uh, obviously um, the recently we've had a, the census come out um, from the 2021 census that mentions that more than half of LGBT people uh, are between 16 and 34. And um, if you break that down, 6.9% uh, are 
are 16 to 24 year olds who identify as LGB plus and 1% um, of that same age group identify as trans. So um, I suppose really that that's those statistics are, uh, give us more uh, of a, a shape of what's um, how attitudes are changing um, and how um, things have, have changed you know, from when um, we started out in education. But um, I suppose what I really uh, want to find out really is your perspective on, um, you know, although we've got this data and those results, is there much change within in attitudes within um, in education, in, in, in schools, in, in colleges, universities, etc., that you mm. think are, are there? And, 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 and is the Education Act, has that made a, a difference, the Education Act from 2010? Mm, OK, um, big question. Let me break it down. So um, I think, you know, things have definitely got better, haven't they, um, over time? So um, I think, you know, attitudes are improving. Um, we are living in a more inclusive society than we perhaps were 20 or 30 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. Um, things are definitely getting better. Um, however it would be naive to assume that things are perfect we know that um homophobic homophobic um abuse transphobic abuse biphobic abuse etc is is still prevalent within schools um and within society so so there are still issues to address and when i go into schools and work with um often i'm working with very young children i'm working within primary schools um i find that primary school children are very very um inclusive they're the most inclusive people on the planet they've got really positive values around inclusion um and interestingly then what happens then between primary school and secondary school because often in secondary schools is is that's where we start to see the issues so what then happens as they as they make those transitions from primary to secondary and how do their attitudes change because you know we start to see homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, um, you know, rearing their ugly heads, you know, within within secondary schools. And of course, there are still issues within primary schools. Um, but what that illustrates is um, we need to keep that education going. Um, and we need to start with the very youngest children on educating primary school children, even children in the early years about different kinds of relationships and and different kinds of families children need to know um, that some children have two mums some children have two dads some children have a mum and a dad and that people have different identities and actually differences good i mean actually matthew i was i was in a school last week and a child said to me we were, we were having these conversations about about this and a child said difference is awesome Oh, and fantastic. I and I just thought, wow, you know, if everybody felt like that, that would be amazing. Um, but you know, we know that we know that some schools are doing really, really well. They're providing children with um, an LGBTQ curriculum. They're addressing LGBT content in the curriculum. The Equality Act has made a massive impact um, because, of course, schools have to address this. They have to teach this now. Um, it's it's the law that schools teach children about about different kinds of relationships and and I'll I'll come on to I'll say more about that in a second but um yeah things are not perfect and therefore we need to continue with with doing this education and I think when 
the government introduced the the relationships and sex education and health education statutory guidance in 2020 that was that was a really good decision because what that does is that forces schools to address lgbtq um identities and relationships and um that was a really significant point but i think the Equality Act has made a massive difference because schools have to educate children now about the Equality Act. They have to educate children um, about um, the protected characteristics in the Equality Act. Um, they have to address fundamental British values. And of course, one of the fundamental British values is um, the rule of law. So children need to know that the rule of law in this country is that it's lawful for people to um, be LGBTQ, it's lawful to have same-sex relationships, it's lawful to have same-sex marriage, so children need to know that's part of the law. Now some schools some schools have been reluctant to um, provide an LGBTQ curriculum for various reasons, um, whether it's because they lack confidence, um, they might need more training, they might be worried about parental resistance and I, I understand that. I understand some of that nervousness around around teaching that. Um, but I think it's really important that schools understand why they're doing it. And that they're able to articulate the rationale for doing it to parents mm -hmm. so that parents understand um, actually this is this is a, a statutory curriculum. We have to teach it. Um, children have to learn about um, different types of relationships and different times of different types of marriage. They have to learn about the Equality Act. They have to learn about the protected characteristics. And I understand that that some schools may be may be reluctant. So it might be, for example, that um, let's take faith schools as an example. And I don't want to stereotype um, faith schools because some faith schools are doing a really excellent job with with actually promoting LGBTQ inclusion. But we have seen parental objections to, to primary schools teaching LGBTQ content on the basis of faith or religion. Now, <clears throat> the position here for schools is very clear. So number one, all schools have to teach children about LGBTQ, right? Faith schools are allowed to teach a faith perspective they are allowed to say this is the perspective or this is the view of, of of this faith right however what they must do is they must open this up to wider discussion so they must they mustn't indoctrinate children into teaching that particular faith perspective as though it's fact so for example matthew they they can't say to children marriage can only be between a man and a woman um, because that's imposing a particular view on children. So, so faith schools are allowed to say within the context of this religion, this is the view of the faith. But what they must do is then say, well, however, within British law, this is legal. It is legal for people to to be LGBTQ. It's legal to have same sex relationships. It's legal to go into same sex marriage and to have same sex marriage. And actually, we all need to um, respect difference and difference is positive. And actually, regardless of faith or religion, you will be working alongside 
people who are LGBTQ. You'll be studying alongside people who are LGBTQ. You'll meet people in the community who are LGBTQ. So we all have to respect each other and get on and, and promote that culture of respect. So I think it's really important that um, all schools recognise that, that that actually yes there might be there might be some barriers but but these barriers are not um, it's they're not impossible to to get over them um, it's just about being confident with 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 the position there and the rationale for why we're doing this and I suppose um, uh, lots of other companies um, I mean I'm, I'm lucky enough to work for a charity who are very um, supportive and inclusive um, with uh, LGBT issues and um, other minority groups and I know I get that support but it's obviously that support might be the the key word that some schools need what 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 do you think if there was some schools or colleges listening here and they needed to have that support what what where, where could they seek that support out do you think so I think um I think more schools now are more confident with teaching LGB, mm. um, but they're less confident with trans inclusion. Yes, and it's very and, political at the moment as well. And I was going to say, Matthew, they're less confident with that because there's there's lots of mixed messages about that. However, we know um, we know that trans children are really vulnerable and uh, are much more likely to experience poor mental health and much more likely to experience bullying. So, and and we know that. This is not just an issue in secondary schools. Children are um, children are really thinking about their gender in primary schools, and and children are identifying as trans within primary schools. And we have situations where, for example, Matthew, where a child um, a child may say that they're trans or that they want to be known by this particular name or these particular pronouns, and the parents may be very resistant to that. Um, and then the school is caught in the middle of that situation because the school wants to do the best for the child and obviously support the child's well-being. But then they've got to think about the parents and their perspectives and they've got to build relationships with the parents. And this is the area where I feel that schools really lack confidence and could do with more support. So there are lots of organisations that can help schools. So organisations such as Bernardo's, um, such as um, gendered intelligence can can really support schools um, organizations such as just like us stonewall can support schools there's lots of different um, agencies that will will support schools but the best thing we can do is to ensure that all of our new teachers of course are really confident with addressing this in schools. so if we can get thousands of new teachers passionate and enthusiastic about doing this work in schools and really passionate about their role as social justice educators that's going to make a real difference isn't it yeah absolutely so um so what would um obviously uh your head of um primary uh, education at edge hill mm. um and um do you hear any um, experiences, positive and negative, from the students that um, are at Edge Hill when they go into to do on placements? Um, well, both actually, positive and negative. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a situation last year where a trainee was in school and she she read a book, um, a children's storybook, which was a wonderful storybook um, that introduced children to. Um, different identities and in that book there was a gay character and that opened up questions the children were then asking questions is that person gay and the, the teacher had a discussion the trainee had a discussion 
about that. The school were very unhappy that she'd had that discussion and the parents um, complained. So we do get those negative situations, um, but I'd like to think that those situations are rare and that actually most schools are really now on board with this um, and are really, um, are really positive about, about teaching this. Excellent. So um, I suppose um, we could, if we, you've, you've talked so much uh, about around the topic that I was wanting us to discuss today. So I thought maybe oh, to, sorry. To, no, 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 it's fine. You've you've covered everything um, really, really succinctly, and I know you're a very busy person. So um, really, I suppose my last thing really would be, um, what would your three top tips be for people out there who want to influence that change and how do you think people you know new teachers going out there how can they start that if there is a bit of resistance within school how can they you know because obviously the, you know if you're in, in a new teacher in school and you start um in a workplace and the, mm. there isn't those um system there isn't that support there, there those things how can how can somebody make a difference from that point of that side before you know actually being the social justice person in the classroom how how can how can somebody go about that okay so this is this is actually quite a long answer matthew that's absolutely <laughs> fine <laughs> so i think first of all there are implications for schools when they're employing new teachers so um if you are an LG, a teacher who identifies as lgbtq um when you go into a new school, you'll be very nervous about, you may be very nervous about disclosing your identity. And, and actually, there's, there's no reason why you should disclose your, um, your sexual orientation or gender identity to a school. Um, that's a personal decision. But, but I think, speaking as an LGBTQ teacher myself, when you go into a school, you're looking for clues when you go and look around a school, you're looking for clues that this will be an inclusive place to work. And, you know, what you might be looking for is signs and notices around the school that, that kind of communicate a commitment to equality and diversity and respect. Um, you might be looking in the reading areas in the school um, to see if there's a diverse range of children's literature that shows different types of families and different identities. Um, so you'll be looking for those clues. You're almost like a detective. Um, and then you might be looking for um, any displays that have been done around LGBTQ inclusion in the school. So, you know, to see whether the school's actually actively teaching this content. Um, you might be you might be meeting the, the pupil council or the student council and um, you might want to ask them if they've done any work um, on this in the school. So all of that information then you'll you'll then go away thinking actually this this is a really inclusive place to work or this is not an inclusive place to work. Um, but it would be so much easier rather than having to piece all that together yourself if the person who's showing you around, i.e. the leader, just made a simple statement like we are an inclusive school, we value people regardless of disability regardless of sexual orientation regardless of gender you know we we value everybody and we treat each other with respect and that would be such a powerful um, statement for a new teacher going in because then they would think yes I think there's a real culture of um, inclusion in this school and I think I'll really have a sense of belonging 
and I think that's really important. So I think um, a new teacher going in, um, I mean, it might be that, I mean, I hope that, that that we inspire our trainee teachers to to want to go forward and lead on this work within school. And I don't think it should be just the LGBTQ teacher who's leading on this work in school. It should be anybody who 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 thinks this is important and hopefully that's everybody. But um, anybody should be able to do this work. So I think number one, this has to be um, supported by the leadership team. There should be very clear policies um, in place in the school around LGBTQ inclusion. There should be a named governor um, that can that can kind of lead on this strand of work and also monitor um, what the lead teacher is is doing, monitor the work that's going on within the school. And then I think there's all sorts of things you can do. So um, you can think about the environment within the school. You can think about the messages um, on the displays. You can think about um, it's not just about having rainbow flags um, on displays and in classrooms. It's also about embedding it through the curriculum. Um, but the environment can can showcase significant individuals who are LGBTQ, people like Tom Daly within PE who've gone on to do great work. Um, it, we can showcase significant individuals who are LGBTQ who've made a real difference. Then we've got to think about the curriculum and, and designing a curriculum that's age appropriate and also um, is progressive so that as children move through school, they don't just learn about it once in assembly, but but they have a, a, a progressive curriculum that they return to and they learn a bit more. So all children need to learn about the Equality Act. They need to learn about the protected characteristics. <clears throat> the Ofsted framework says that. Um, they need to learn about different types of families. They need to learn about homophobia and what that means and what that looks like biphobia, transphobia, they need to learn about the terminology, cisgender, etc., non-binary, trans, they need to, so so that curriculum should be a curriculum that is progressive, that, that enables students to really deepen their knowledge as they move through that curriculum. <coughs> um, and then we can, we can work in partnership with children and young people, so many children want to be equality ambassadors or champions, equality champions. And I think children can do some great work. They need, obviously they need to be trained. We need to elevate the status of that role and get them to apply for that role and um, make it into a really important role. But there's some great work they can do within that role to shape attitudes and values within the rest of the school. So I think then we need to think about how we work in partnership with parents. So. This is one of the things that really um, scares a lot of teachers. So um, they're often worried about parental backlash or parental resistance of some kind. So I think there's a conversation to be had here with parents. So I think number one, um, we need to consult with parents. <clears throat> I think number two, we need to we need to kind of reassure them that we're not we're not sort of conditioning children into a lifestyle. You know, we're not teaching their children to be gay or lesbian or trans. Um, actually, what we're doing is we're teaching about respect. OK, so we're promoting respect. We're teaching children that different kinds of relationships are within the law. So it's lawful to for two 
two boys to have a relationship or two girls to have a relationship or for two boys to get married or two girls to get married and so on and there are different types of families so um children so part of the rationale is is that the government say that we have to teach the statutory guidance for relationship sex education um, and health education which includes lgbt content but i think we need to showcase some of the resources that we're using with parents so they they can see that a lot of this work is just teaching children about different kinds of families or or teaching children um challenging those gender stereotypes because that's where a lot of the homophobia um, comes from children develop these fixed ideas of of what it means to be a boy and what it means to be a girl and then um, boys who don't conform to that stereotype or girls who don't conform to that gender stereotype get accused of being gay or lesbian and that you know so I think we can do a lot of work on challenging stereotypes and I think once they then start to see the curriculum materials they then start to be more reassured about actually what schools are trying to do here um, is to just shape a culture of respect really yeah okay that, that sounds all great and positive positive. Um, and just one thing i wanted to just pick up just from what you've just said was that um obviously um uh you you know uh, more about that primary phase and that primary sector and obviously you talked about those changes towards you know once uh, pupils get into secondary school um so do you think that maybe um, there should be some more um, conversations between primary and secondary school to try and get that continuity and that transition of those values going uh, going throughout the education system? I know transitions of, of curriculum mm. things are always challenging for when children move to different schools and they're going, <clears throat> they, they have options to choose different schools. There's no such thing as feeder schools as such in a, a lot, lots of the country. So is it is it more do you think more more work to be done between schools uh, or schools and going on to colleges and things like that might need to be done to maybe support that um that that uh, that change and development and those attitudes so that so that school so the secondary schools know what what primaries are actually doing because i wonder whether there's a gap there from when yeah. pupils are from primary to secondary yeah. and you talked about how you know primary seem to be so um uh inclusive and and have all those uh lovely values and then there's suddenly a change at secondary do you think that might need to be the case yeah there needs to be more work done in those transitions i think so definitely without a doubt um we need to make sure that if the work that's the, the work that's been started in primary schools gets continued when they move into secondary um and when they move into secondary they probably need it more um because obviously they've got lots of other influencers um they've got social media that you know we know that social media can be a really um how should i say this it can be a really safe space for lgbtq people it can be a supportive place they can get access to help and support and they can network with people but it can also be um a really risky place for them as well um they're more likely to experience cyberbullying, online bullying, online abuse, etc. Um, and they're more likely to to be be victims of grooming and things like that. So um I think I think there's a case for that they need more of that education in secondary, not less of it. And I think one of the problems is the secondary curriculum is so crowded. Um the focus is lots, you know, lots on subjects, isn't it? Subject based learning. But I think we need to and and one of the other folk one of the other issues as well is who delivers that curriculum in secondary. It's often the form tutor. Yeah. Um and 
that might not be the best person to, to actually deliver that curriculum. So um, I just feel that secondary schools absolutely need to be addressing that content. But I think any liaison with primary schools would be really helpful. And I'm not suggesting that primary schools, Matthew, have got it right and that, you know, no, they're no, perfect. Not at all. No, it, it, I suppose what I'm talking about is sort of the conversation to, you know, to to keep keep things moving, keep things improving and keep, you know, keep mm. the conversation going, because I think that's mm. important. I think, mm. you know, like we said, there's been lots of improvements over the years, uh, but there's still those improvements to come. And, and like the statistics show that there's um, a lot more, uh, you know, young people now identifying as uh, LGBT. GB plus um, and and obviously they're going to be the next workforce so mm. there's got to be some conversations that really help them to understand what that is and help them to move through their transitions if they go on to um, further education and onto university and then into uh, and employment as well so that, yeah. that was that was where my my um, my thoughts are really on you know how you know it's it's not just about uh, you know further education or higher education's issue to try and deal with these things um mm. it's it's across the whole education sector and it was just my thinking how, how can how can um how can you know the whole education system work together to be able to learn from experiences that mm. other schools have had the positive experiences other things that people have done and to mm. sort of start that conversation really so that was that so thank you very much for your time and i know so much just to add Sorry, Matthew, just to add to that, um, is that we know that when students go into further education, um, you know, they're, they're, they're at quite a tricky age, aren't they, when they go into further education? And, um, you know, they're going through lots of different transitions anyway, um, you know, biological transitions, relationship transitions, identity transitions, um, also academic transitions. And the same when they go into higher education, that, um, they are particularly vulnerable at, the, at these ages when you know when they're transitioning to um, college or university um, and therefore we need to make sure that the right provision for example the right well-being provision is in place within colleges and, and within universities and we need to make sure that well-being teams are trained really in how to best support um, students who identify as lgbtq um, and that they've had good good training I know from my research that students in higher education, I mean, you would imagine, wouldn't you, that universities are really lib liberating and really um, inclusive places to be, but actually um, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, etc., still carries on on university campuses and in university accommodation. Trans students are particularly vulnerable within, within some university accommodation. Um, so that just shows that um, that work still needs to take place. Yeah, and and I suppose you know it's it's keep having the conversations, isn't it? And 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 that sort of thing, really. That you know, um, people who are in those positions, like the, the social um, justice uh, teachers and things. You know, if, if we can keep the conversation going and keep that moving, that hopefully we can try and support that as it goes as as um, students transfer as in their transitions. Mm, yes. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I won't keep you any longer because I know you've got to rush off to uh, uh, a class. So um, thank you very much for your, all your, your help uh, and coming to talk to us about those issues. That's been really, really interesting and insightful from your point of view. So thank you very much. Thank you, Matthew. Okay, okay. bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.